I am not afraid, I am not afraid of financial lack. Because all my needs are made according to your riches and glory. Therefore, I live out of your pockets and not mine. Back, back it up again. Let's do that one again. I am not afraid of what sickness can do to me. Because by your stripes... I'm healed. Okay, stop right there for a second. I heard, I heard Ken Copeland say this, the, well, a book that I'm actually reading, right? Not listening to this one, I'm reading this one. But I, I had forgot about this, he reminded me of this. How many of you have ever been worried about something so bad you got a stomachache? Right? So if worry and doubt can bring a stomachache, it stands to reason that faith and joy can bring healing. So you're telling me that one case can contribute to your your physical outcome? Yeah, man, worry and doubt can bring ulcers. So if worry and doubt can can affect you physically, then it stands to reason that joy and faith can also affect you physically. The only reason why you wouldn't buy that is if you got more confidence in the devil than you do in God. Let's keep going. All right. So uh, I'm not afraid of what of financial lack. Because all my needs are met according to your riches and glory, God. Therefore, I live out of your pockets and not mine. We're going shopping. Keep going. And I cannot be overcome by depression because you have gifted me with your peace that passes all understanding. And you won't take it back. I am an overcomer. Because you overcame. I cannot be stopped. I cannot be stopped. It's impossible for me to be stopped. And I won't be stopped. I love you, Lord. Because you're a good, good father. Now shout like you believe you receive. That was that was a big church shout. That was a big church shout. Those man thinks in his heart, so is he. I believe you receive it in Jesus' name. You can sit down. Yeah, that was a big church shout right there. Big churches don't shout like that. Wow, that was powerful. I'm impressed with y'all. All right, so we're gonna go into our uh, generous giving series two about developing and our giving. And uh, we won't be too long this morning, not because the Texas and the Cowboys are playing, but just because I just want to cut, I want to, I don't want to give you too much to think about this morning, all right? Uh, there are scriptures in the Bible that say the following things, and I'm going to cut to them because I have a lot of other scriptures to go to, so I'm going to go, uh, just run over these. We've heard the scripture, take up your cross daily, right? It says that a few times, not just once in the Bible, but it says a few times, take up your cross daily. Unless a man loses his life, he can't find his life. We heard that, right? Uh, I must decrease so that he might increase. So all of these scriptures are talking about referring to sacrifice that has to be made. 
All of those, those scriptures are referring to sacrifice. Now, uh, one of them, Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, present yourself. A living sacrifice. It's just flat out come and tell you to write it down. You don't have to surmise. You don't have to, uh, uh, need nobody to help you to break it down in the Hebrew or the Greek or nothing like that. Present yourself. If you want to be ghetto, present yourself. A living sacrifice, right? And so uh, God, God wants us to present ourselves a living sacrifice. Right, it's the, a part of our service to God has to do with sacrifice. But in order for you to value and obey these scriptures, your heart has to be right, and your heart your heart has to go along with these scriptures. Yep. My first point this morning is that you have to have a real heart for God. Write this down: you have to have a real heart for God to be willing to sacrifice for God. You have to have a real heart for God in order to be willing to sacrifice for God. Write that down. If you don't take away nothing this morning, I'm going to give you three things to take home with you. You can meditate on those three things and do those things. Point number one, you have to have a real heart for God in order to be willing to sacrifice for God. Where a man looks on the outward, God looks at the heart. Let's look at the, at the scripture. 1 Samuel 16, 7. 1 Samuel 16, Seven. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him for the Lord does not see as man sees for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. All right, so here's this case where Samuel goes over and he uh, uh, went to Jesse's house to anoint the king. He had some good-looking boys in there, boys that looked like they could be king. Right, they looked like uh, they could be king. They looked like they could be about some of God's business, but they, they, but they wasn't the ones. How many of you know, and uh, I'm just, a, I just mash on ridiculous church all the time, right? How many of you know there's a bunch of people in church that look like they got a relationship with God? Oh yeah, you look like you can come in here suited, dressed, know how to say amen, praise the Lord at the appropriate time, first one standing up, can repeat the confessions back and forth, you look like it, but you don't have no relationship. It's not about looking like it. Then I can find somebody that, that looked toe up, right, or some woman that, that, that inappropriately dressed, what, what, what we used to say about that, what we call that? Yeah, that's, that's it. <laughs> right, so, and this person here, this person got more relationship with God than the person who looks like they they seriously religious. Maybe they're just not there yet. Well, Pastor, she in a proper dress, she don't got a relationship with God. Maybe she ain't there yet. Who says she don't love God? She ain't. She just ain't there yet. She she learning. She's developing. Good good point, Pastor Lord. All right. So so again, you it's not about looking the part. It's about having the heart. And the Bible says that that you can't fool God with how you look. Right, you can't fool God with how you look. You can't fool God with how, what you say. You can fool the people in the church, but God know you. God know you. God said that you, you can't fool me. You get get that one past me with all that religious talk, right? You get you know. You, listen, from the time I was a little boy when I used to go to church, I would hear the preachers preach, older men, and I hear the preachers preaching. I'm you know I, I always responded to preaching. I always did. 
Now, I don't, even when I don't understand. But I hear the preachers preach a certain way. And, and, and uh, you know, growing up black, I'm still black right now, you know. And you go to, you go to black church, and the black church, the preacher, they, they do what's called hooping. Right? The black church preacher, and I, I can't hoop. Right? It's just not in me to do it. But if you know what I'm talking about, you know what they do. And they, they say things like, and, uh... You know, uh, this morning we're going to endeavor to take a walk with Jesus, right? They do that's not in me, right? So, so I, you know, I just thought that was something that old guys did because it was part of the time. So then when I grow up and I get, uh, you know, become a man today, I'm, I'm going to be pushing 50. And you got the younger guys doing what the older guys did, right? So they, some kind, some kind of way that's a style, what it is. It's not a person. Now, it might have been the person's personality who started it, but now it's a style. So just because I can, I can preach in a certain tone, or I, I, you know, in other places, white churches, you got guys that have certain styles too. Mexican churches, you got guys got certain style, no matter what color they are, no matter how tall, how short, they got a style. But it don't matter about your style or how good your hair look, I don't have none. But, you know, it don't matter how good your hair look, God is like, I don't care how much hairspray you put in your head. I don't care how good you can hoop. I know you, man. Yeah, that right, Pastor Eli? I know you, man. You can hide everything from everybody else, but God says, I know you, man. I know about you. So, God knows your heart. Stop trying to act like you're something that you're not. Alright? Just be who, be who you are. Be who God made you to be. Amen? Uh, point number two. According to the Bible, the view to a man's heart can be seen through his wallet. According to the Bible, a view to a man's heart can be seen through his wallet. So I can look at your wallet and tell if you really have a heart for God. This is not me. And I want you to understand, so I already took up the offering. I'm not going to hit you again. Stop touching your purses and your wallets. Let them go. Boys ain't coming back. Right? We, this is for your benefit. We learning. Well, you saying that for the next time. But it's, man, you're going to, your retention rate is not that high. Right? <laughs> All right. So, uh, according to the Bible, the view to a man's heart is in his wallet. I said it like this, in the scripture, and in the scripture we see that the wallet is the GPS tracker to the heart. We can see what you value by where you spend your money. Now let's look at some scriptures, it would be good enough for me just to say that, but we got to look at some scriptures. Go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. And understand something, this is to help you. I, listen, I'm showing you still, this is what I believe. Not, it, ain't, it ain't that important that I believe it. It's important that it's in the Bible. But I'm telling you, this is how I believe. This is how I have lived. From six months into my Christianity, this is how I've lived. And had to continue to develop and still continue to, to develop right now. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. It says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves Break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor moth destroys or where thieves break in and steal. Now we got, we're going to do the end, the last part of that thing right there, but we're going to stop right here. Some people take this and build a doctrine 
for their life and they never enjoy anything while they're living. They use it as an excuse to stay broke, stay poor, stay whatever. God says don't don't have no treasures in heaven. Don't don't be, you know, don't be nah. The Bible also says that God gives us all things richly to enjoy. The Bible also says in Psalms 35, 27, that God takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Yeah. Right? So, so the, the issue is a heart issue. Somebody say heart issue. Money, the whole money issue is a heart issue. Because your heart is connected to what you, uh, you to your wallet and what you care about. I can look at where you spend your money and where you, what we didn't never, I never heard nobody talk about this, where you don't spend your money. And tell you where your heart is. Right? So he goes here, he says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, when the things that you value, the things that you care about, your heart and that thing are roommates. They are, matter of fact, not any more than roommates, they are, what's the twins that's joined together? Conjoined Siamese, that's cats. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> They're conjoined twins. <laughs> oh, you gotta have fun around here. We gotta have fun. Alright. So listen, they're conjoined twins. Your treasure and your heart are, are conjoined twins. They go together. They are inseparable. Yeah. Right? So listen, what, what does that mean? If I value the things of God, you know, like again, I can come in here with a suit on. That matter of fact, I'm gonna tell y'all a story. Help me remember where I was going. If you value the things of God, I can tell. I think that's why I was, yeah, enjoying to them. So there's a, there's a guy who, who would go to church with us a number of years ago, and he, uh, seemed very religious. He talked a lot of very religious talk, right? And, but then it manifested he was a hustler. <laughs> Later on, we found, oh yeah, he was a hustler, right? And so what he would do is he'd come in, you know, he'd drop a couple of, you know, decent-sized offerings, enough to get the attention of the people. Oh, money gets the attention of folks in, in most churches, right? They know you. Oh, yeah. Mr. Such-and-such, such, how you doing? Come and sit right here. All right? That, listen, it don't matter over here. It, it don't matter if you give in $2 or, 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 or $2,000, as long as it's 10%. It don't, it don't make no, no difference, right? So he come in, drop a couple of offerings, and got everybody knows it. Such-and-such such, giver, Right? So then he started coming out talking about, well, shoot, I want to give, but I don't have, can y'all cash a check for me, Brother Cooper? Can y'all cash a check for me? Put in a $2,800 check. I want to give a 1000 Can you give me 1800 back? Only one problem with that $2,800 check. He left with the 1800 back, and they couldn't cash that one for 2800 But he had built up credit. On the times that he did put them checks in there like that. And he talked that religious talk. So he burned them for a few grand in the church house. So it don't matter what you, what you talk, what you look like, and you know, what you say, it matter who you are and what you do. It's gonna manifest. Where your heart is, your treasure be also. So on one side, he looked like, hey man, I really love God, but really now you're a crook. And it don't have to be to that extreme. Let's, let's, you know, everybody take out their check register and, and look at where we've been spending our money. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you can do this. Think about this yourself. When it comes time, where, where are you when it comes time for offering time? Are you like, well, shoot, man, you know, how much cash do we have? Nobody don't carry cash no more. 
You know you ain't got but five dollars in your pocket. Right? Or, or, or you ain't got that. And so I can't give because I ain't got no cash. Right? Let me see that phone. I'll shoot you. This technology in the change. You know where that money at. Right? You know you get to that money right through here. Anytime you go on Amazon.com, right? And you already know Amazon Prime got free delivery next day. Right? You know all that. Don't act like you don't know you can't give through this phone. I don't have no cash. Ryan, they trying to give me, Ryan. I don't have no cash. Right? So so how do you respond to the needs that God has? That's the question that you have to ask yourself. How do you respond to the needs that God has? Because I know we can respond. I like to go shopping. I respond at the shopping mall, Lenny, when I like something. I respond at the restaurant. Right? But I want you to understand something. I'll, I, I, I'll make sure that I respond when it's time for God, too. Yes. Right? So where a man's treasure is, his heart will be also. If Listen, if you always got excuses as to why you can't pay your tithes and why you can't give, but you keep telling yourself and others how religious and spiritual you are, you ain't, you ain't really there yet. Because that's a basic thing. Let's keep going. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. I want to show you about it. Remember, I'm not taking up another offering. We give it information. Conjoined twins. The two of them go together. So he says, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Now watch this. Remember the story in the Bible where, where the widow's might, right? Everybody from, remember that. I'm fixing to poke all, all kind of holes in your whole little $2 giving. Watch this. All right. It says, uh, Mark uh, 12, 41 through 44. And for, for our guests here, this is not our normal we don't just come and preach about giving money every week. We are at a certain time of year building up to October the 1st where we're taking a special offering. You just learn for information. Don't feel any pressure. Okay? But we have to do this for our our group because we have business that our church has to take care of. Okay? Uh, uh, it says this now, Mark 12, 41 through 44. Now, it says now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Now let's let's look at this. Now uh, Gibson, you got you already at the scripture. You got the scripture pulled up. Forty one through forty forty one. Was it verse forty one? Twelve forty one. Mark twelve forty one. You got it, babe. Pull it up, Lenny. Y'all got it. Yes. Okay, you got it too. Are you sharing with her? Read, read what what does it say in your Bible? It says Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched <laughs> as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich okay, you can stop right there. See, we keep where we're looking for is watch. You got it on yours yet? You don't have it on yours? Who else got it on theirs? You got it on yours? What did it say? Read the first one, 41. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting the money into the temple. So we got two, my Bible say watch. Yours say watch? Well, you got a paper Bible. What's yours say? Jesus was sitting in the temple near the offering box and watching people put in there. Yes. Say, read that again. Jesus was sitting in a temple near the offering box and watching people put in their gifts. Observe, watch, whatever. Come here, Lenny. Y'all just y'all just passed with these, didn't you? Yeah. Come on over here, Gibson. I'm gonna do y'all with y'all closest. So Lenny come by with the basket, and basically the Lord was watching. 
I put mine in a line. Yeah, we already know. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, this is a figure of speech. If you put it in online, I didn't put none in. I put mine in online too. So he saw you when you put it in online. He already know whether you, you know, what you do. This, we're just making a point. Yeah. But it says that I, all three versions that, that Jesus was watching. Yeah. Cause people like, thank you, Lenny. People like to make the point that the Lord don't care about the money. They like to make the point. But it said he was looking to see what you was gonna do with your money. When the check came, number one, can I get mine? Jesus. 10% of that's mine. You my people, we got a deal. I'ma look out for you. I'm training your heart. Number one, my number one thing, I'm gonna train your heart. So, so you can have the right heart toward me. This is the ultimate test. You know you like that money. You know you like that shopping. Can I get mine? Right? So whether you do it online, you do it in the basket, Jesus is watching. Now watch this here too. Cause I, like I said, I, in my environment I grew up in, man, two dollars, that was the offering. That's, that's what you need to do. Now he says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put in the money in the treasury and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came in and she put in two mites. So it says the rich people put in much. Somebody say much. Right? And then it says that the widow, she came in and she threw in two mites. Right? Which, uh, which make a, uh, make a quadrants. I, 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 you can do the Greek and the Hebrew. It's not a lot of money. It's hardly nothing. Okay? So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say unto you that this poor widow has put in more than all of those who have given in the treasury. So it says that the woman had put in um, more than all those who put in the treasury. And a lot of people will say they used that. The only thing they hear is two. Right? And, we, and for years we grow up with that. Let me tell you something. Ignorance is no excuse. You need to find out what's happening. So you take that as an excuse. If, the, if Jesus said that $2 was enough for the woman, <laughs> it is enough for us. That's not what it is. That's not the point. Sherry, you know what I'm talking about? If Jesus said that two dollars was enough for the woman, it's enough for all of us. Now watch, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. He said she put in the two, and he says that she put in more money in the treasure than everybody. For they, out of all of their abundance, they put in out of their abundance. But it's her, out of her poverty, put in all she had. So their sacrifice couldn't have equaled her sacrifice unless they emptied her their purses like she emptied her purse. Come on now. So if you want to be like the woman with the two mice, two dollars ain't the escape route. If you want to escape and be like her, you got to empty the purse out. Because that's what it said they did. It said the rich people gave a lot, but she, she didn't hardly have nothing. And Jesus said she put in more. It's not the amount, it's the heart. Amen. Right, let's keep fishing. I don't want to stop there. I don't, I, listen, you got to, the Bible. You got to learn this. This has blessed my life. Learning how to give has blessed my life. Learning how to, if, if it's got to be done, sometimes you got to empty the wallet, you got to empty the purse. But I'm going to tell you something, I got a third point. Just stick with me till we get to the third point. And then next week we're going to talk about the benefits coming back to you when you obey God when you give. But we can't do it all in one Sunday. Alright, so let's, let's look at now, let's go to, uh, let's go to Mark chapter 14 verse 3. Mark 14, 3. Again, in that case, about the woman, we don't want to cop out. We don't want to say it's okay to do that. 
And then um, let me tell you something else that people do too. They say, well, I can't give because my bills are X. Well, the Bible says that we bring to God the first fruits so your X bills won't get in the way of his money. Right? So, so listen, it's the same way with your car note. Right? There's car note all year or whatever. You say, well, hey, I got to pay this first. Right? Because I got to make sure I pay it. That's what first means. But again, you deem that as first order of importance. When, when your heart gets right and you, and you mature in the, in the Lord, you understand that I need to give God His first because He's the one I'm going to call on when I have trouble paying the car note. Because he's not the only one coming after the money. The light bill people, if it gets hot in the summertime, your light bill goes up high, higher than normal. Man, I done got some ridiculous. I remember one time we had a $1,500 light bill at our house. Sir, yes, sir. But you know they got their money, don't you? I got on the phone with them and argued with them for 20, 30 minutes, and I still had to pay them that money. Because it's hot in Texas. Right? Oh, you could have switched to somebody else, this, that, and the other. Oh, no switching all that back then. You got to pay. How many of the oils in here to pay that light bill they didn't want to pay? Oh, you got to pay that light bill. Right? And so, understand something. We, we put certain things first because we deem them in order of importance. So, what it, what, and when you talk about being uh, financially responsible as it pertains to God, that means, that means that you arrange your budget around your giving. I'm not going to buy so much house or so much car that I can't give God his money. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put it in my budget. I'm not going to budget God's money. I'm not going to go to the mall with God's money. I'm going to go to the mall after I've given God his money. Right? And then I'm going to ask God to give me a super deal. I want to come out of here. Tight, God. We're going to the mall. Now listen. If I give God his money, talking about the tithe, I pay the tithe first, got that out of the way, me and God go to the mall or we go shopping for a car, I'm expecting God to do something spectacular. Yeah, because my conscience is, you know, in my conscience even, God is with me when I go to, to get the car or go get the, the stuff because I done already took care. Ain't nothing between us like that. And so when I go over there, I'm expecting them to have me a big blue truck with big tires and wheels on the thing. Hallelujah. I done give, I done took care of God. I done gave God what, what was his. So now when I show up over there, me and God going to the car lot, I didn't leave God back there looking at me crazy because I didn't give him his, his coin. Uh-oh. Amen. Y'all understand where I'm coming from? So now me and God are going together. My confidence is in another place because there's nothing between me and God. I did what I was supposed to do with God. This is simple, sim- simple thing. I always tell you about the family reunion example. You can't go to the family reunion without giving them your, I don't how much is the family reunion now? $50. Is it 50 I haven't been in a long time. Somebody go to the family reunion and tell me how much they want for that shirt and that fish plate. <laughs> is it 120 It's 120 Per person. $120 per person. It went up a long way from 25 That's for your shirt and the food and the games and all that. They charge you for games at the kickball? Charging you for kickball at the family reunion. <laughs> so listen, listen, it's the principle. If you go to the family reunion and the people say, we're going to buy all this fish, all this brisket, whatever we're going to cook, we're not going to pay for it all by ourselves. You have a responsibility to chip in with the rest of the family 
so that we can put this program on, right? It's no different in that church. If the family reunion can tell, tell you, and then, well, I don't know about y'all, but I'm telling you, listen, when I was a kid, and you go to the family reunion and you don't pay, there's beef. Yeah, they're, they're upset with you when you don't pay at the family reunion. They're like, and then what they start, and I'm going to tell you it's really bad, and I'm trying not to be comical this morning, I'm trying to keep it serious. But it's really bad when they start looking at the kids. Like, and watching what they putting on their plate, Jerry. Wait a minute, all your kids got two pieces of fish, and y'all know y'all ain't paid nothing. That's, that's how they do it. And so listen, if they're going to enact this principle at the family reunion, is God crazy? Where you think they got it from? Everybody do their part. Listen, if your part's two dollars, you made twenty bucks this week. Guess what? Your part to be, you know, uh, your part to be in right standing with God and your giving is it's two dollars. If you made twenty thousand, oh, you got to come up with it. It's two thousand. That's what it is. Now, now the, the Bible says, if you're faithful in a little, God will make you uh, rule over much. So God's not, you said, God bless me, bless me, bless me to have a whole bunch of money and do a whole bunch of stuff. I can't even get $2 out of you. I'm going to bless you. you. You made 20 bucks, you won't even bring me two. Not only is it, is, is it the condition of your heart, again, it's a condition of your, your heart in two ways. Because your faith, if I can't trust God and give God two bucks, that God's going to make up what I need from that two bucks that I gave him, man, I, I can't believe God for nothing. Yeah. Right? And so, so listen, I'm not, because your, your needs are only going to get bigger. If you start making 20,000, then you're going to, you really, if, depending on your mentality, you're going to allocate all of that money. And now I still can't afford. I knew somebody who, from a set of circumstances, they had X amount of dollars that they got every month, and it was some thousands. And they sat down across from me and told me, I can't make it off of that. There was no job. This money came to them every month. I can't live off of that. Thousands. I'm thinking to myself, I could, I could rock that. I could live like a king off, off a couple of G's a month. Who else didn't think they could do something with a couple of grand a month? But see, we think that until we get it in our hand, then we start going shopping. And we start promising people we're going to pay them. Oh, y'all pay you for that. How much of my credit card bill going to be for that? Uh, $50 a month. It's going to be 75 for that one. I'm going to borrow that. It's going to be another 100 for that one. Shoot, God, I ain't got your money. But where did it go? I promised it to these other people. I thought you promised it to me. Well, you'll understand, won't you? Why come God? My question to y'all is, why come God always got to be the one to understand? Because he's God, he's good. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. I gotta hurry up. Uh, Mark chapter fourteen, verse three. Mark fourteen three. It says, "And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, he sat at the table, with the, and a woman came in having an alabaster flask full of costly oil of spikenard. Then she broke the flask and poured it on his head, and there was uh, was some of." Uh, some who were indignant among themselves and said, why is this fragrance all wasted? Anybody else got a problem with that? She dumped the oil on Jesus. It's her oil. Give it to Jesus. It's Jesus. Her oil. Give it to Jesus. It's Jesus. 
Why are you counting our money? Why are you counting our money? Watch this. For it might have sold for more than 300 denarii and been given to the poor, and they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, let her alone. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I show love of Jesus, tell somebody to leave me alone. Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She, she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always. In other, in other words, and this is, let me, I didn't do a good job clarifying that statement the last time. Jesus said you have the poor with you always. Meaning that, I don't care what time period you lived in, what place that you lived in, there's gonna be poor people. You may have been one at a certain time. There's always going to be the <clears throat> situation of poverty. Always. Right? You don't have to be impoverished. And Jesus understood and he knew that. That's, that's why he said it the way that he did. There's always going to be impoverished. And I told you in the book to take care of them. But you don't have to give them everything because you're never going to shut poverty down because poverty is not a condition of economics. It's a condition of the heart. That's right. We're never going to end poverty. I don't care how much we give. As a matter of fact, I don't know about you, but I've been around people that you start giving them something, right? And they, they don't, they don't, not that they can't work. That's a whole different thing. If you can't, can't work, you can't take care of yourself. That's different. I'm talking about people that can and you start giving to them and they start being empowered. Hey man, last time you did better than this is all we got. I don't want that, man. No sandwich. You ever had a homeless person tell you they don't want no sandwich? I don't want that. You got that talking about you want food? Man, I don't want that. Michelle, I don't, I don't want that. And you shocked. Because it's a condition of the heart. They cool with, cause people rolling through that. Listen, at Thanksgiving time downtown with the homeless at, they can do that. Man, I, what you got? <laughs> we, don't, we don't want that. Cause we know everybody gonna be coming down here with meals. I don't want that. I like potato salad. I like, I like sweet, sweet potatoes. <laughs> I, listen, I don't want that. It's a condition of the heart and it's never gonna stop. Right, until you make up your mind that you got a problem and that you don't have to live like that. The same God who tells you to make the sacrifice is the same God that has sacrificed for you. Amen. Right? And in his sacrifice, the Bible said that he gave his son Jesus, how will he not give us all things? Exactly. Yeah, hallelujah. Exactly. So, so here it is. So much like God, God says to us to surrender X amount, talking about the tithes, tells us to give offerings of different uh, kinds, Sacrifices, and God says this. He says, "Now, now listen to this." Wait, 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 wait. Why does He say, "Try me or prove me now"? Here with this. That's the key to abundance, right there. That's the key to the blessing. Amen. For those who will try, it unlock the door of blessing. Amen. But everybody else who stand on the outside of the door of blessing, I need some help. Come here, B. Gibbs. Stand right there. Lord, you're gonna stand on the other side of B. Gibbs. Face me, B. Gibbs. Thank you, sir. So listen, here is the door of blessing, and the way you get in is the tithe. This is how I get into the door of blessing. Because what, what does the scripture say? Prove me now here with and see when I open up the, the, the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. Right? So here, so here it is. I'm standing in front of the door looking at B. Gibb, staring at that scripture, and I can't get past. I'm not fixing to give B. Gibb this right here. 
behind the door is my blessing. But I'm standing at the door thinking about this that I got in my hand, not realizing that there's something far more valuable than what I stick in the envelope on the other side of the door. But I'm standing at the door for years. Every time somebody, every time I read about it, every time you hear the preacher talk about it, every time, I'm just looking at the door of the door of blessing. I put these two dollars in here. But B. Gibb, do like this, B. Gibb. When you come with that $2, that's what B. Gibbs say. $2 don't get you in this room unless it's 20%. Unless it come off the 20. He's sitting up there. and Listen, God's word is his word. Preacher, God ain't like that. Well, you tell me how God is then. You got another Bible. Because this one right here say he's just like that. You can't tell me nothing. You can't, you can't give me no other scriptures than what's in here. I don't want to hear your Bible if it's different from my Bible. You can't tell me God's not like that because that's what he wrote. The tithe. That's what got Adam and Eve in trouble in the beginning because that tree represented a tenth. He said, you can have it all except this one. Don't mess with this one. He told Joshua and he told Caleb, he said, all the rest of the battles, you can have a spoil except this one. Don't touch this one. The Bible says that the tithe is holy. That means set apart, separated to God. Don't you touch it. Don't take it to the mall. Don't take it to the car dealer. Don't take it to the restaurant. Bring it to the place that I choose to put my name because they need it there to operate and to continue to teach you, raise you up and reach other people. Don't touch it. Now your Bible says something else and say something else. We're talking, listen, Jesus ain't like this guy. This guy's yelling, screaming. Jesus ain't like, Jesus flipped the tables over in the place and started whipping folks. He said, y'all handling the money wrong and here and handling the people wrong. I can't have this. But unless this is for you. This is on your, your behalf. He said, you come correct with this. Do, do like this, B. You come correct with this, then now I come correct, flip your hand over. Instead, move out of my way up. You get it? <laughs> I'm in the doorway to blessing. Because I've done the right thing. Now stand behind me, B. Gibb. Put your hands on my shoulders. He didn't just move out the way. Stay with me, B. Gibb. Wherever I go, stay with me. He didn't just move out the way. He with me. Let's go to the mall, B. Gibb. We need another car. We got bills at the church we need to pay. Stay with me. Don't lose me, B. Gibb. Everywhere I go, because I, listen, I just, he just told me to give him what was his. He said, 10% is mine. The tithe, that's mine. We ain't talking about no offering. Look, look at the blessing of the tithe. (laughs) I'm, I'm with you. Listen, I have, I'm not scared of light bills or nothing like that because of this. I, you cut the lights. If you say you got to cut the lights off, you're not finna get the tide. You just got to throw the switch. Mm-hmm. He getting his money because if listen, if I give you his money this time, it's gonna come up again the next time. Exactly. And you finna put me into a cycle, running back and forth to the pawn shop, getting loans for stuff, selling up stuff. I can't get out of it because I won't give him. Stand back over there again. I won't give him what I need. 
to get into the doorway of blessing. So my whole life, the Bible says that when you don't give God the tithe, it's like you put money into a bag with holes in it. It's a biblical spiritual principle. Now, it's not just about the money. Thank y'all. It's not just about the money. The Bible says where your treasure is, your heart is also. So, so listen, the, the giving is a reflection of how I intend to obey. It's a reflection of how I intend to obey. If I, money's the most important thing to us because we, you gotta go, you gotta take it to Walmart. It ain't gonna let you leave out with groceries. It's the most important thing to us. So if I can't, if that most important, that, that's the sign. That's to put my heart in check. No, I'm not gonna do that. This is the most important. No, this ain't the most important thing. My relationship with God is the most important thing. Therefore, Mr. Devil, you're not finna stop me from giving God what's his. I put my faith in God. I put my trust in God. My hope is in God. It's in, my investment is in God. I'm not going to keep God's stuff. Because God, every time I lose a job, God's the one who give me the next one. You tell me if you are in this room and you've not lost a job or lost some kind of money or something like that. And you don't go to God and say, God, man, I sure need your help. We need it, my family. You tell me if you ain't never cried out to God. I don't care how many jobs, whatever job you got. When you lose it, man, you're off work for enough time. You're going to turn your head up. Yes. And that's the definition of turned up. Come on now. God, I need your help. I got a phone call this week. Family member. Going through. Because what? They got bills. Everybody got bills. And you let me just take God out of that. You got no hope. Because people ain't going to do it for you. You might got one or two good people to help you out as far as they can, but they got bills. They ain't going to just keep doing it for you. God, you can have that because I need hope. I need faith. I need your word. I need your promises. I need you to seek this light bill right here. I've talked too much already, man. God, I didn't make it where I wanted to be, man. I'm stopping. That's enough. Pick up the rest of it next week. So you got two points. Third point coming next week.